Welcome back to the Music Matters Media Podcast. I'm Lisa. And I'm Eric. And today we are going to be answering some of your burning questions. (laughs) Absolutely, man. No, but seriously, on a serious note, we have some really good questions here about the music industry and musicians, and it's going to be an in-depth conversation today about some hot topics. Yeah, absolutely. It's going to be very thought-provoking, to say the least. But before we can get into that, as always, we have our listener segment. For our listeners all around the world, top three countries of this week. Eric, are you ready to go? Ready as always. Okay, coming in at number three, we have Mexico. Nice. It's been a while. Mexico. Yes. Thank you to Mexico for making it to our top three this week. Much appreciated. Shout out to Mexico. And coming in at number two, we have Colombia. Another one we haven't seen in a while. Yes, most definitely. So thank you to Colombia for making it to our second spot for this week. Very much appreciated. Thank you to Colombia. And coming in at number one, we have the United Kingdom. Oh, man. what I mean, what is there left to say? You guys are just the best. Seriously, the UK, they should just have a spot reserved. It should just be, exactly. it should honestly, they should have a spot reserved. Yeah, seriously. There's always a spot with their name on it. So there you have it, you guys. That is our top three for this week. Number three, Mexico. Number two, Colombia. And number one, the UK. Thank you guys so much for making our top three. And thank you to our listeners everywhere out there. We greatly appreciate everybody who takes the time to click play and listen to our podcast. It means the world to us. So thank you for sticking along with us. Those who have made it to the 25th episode, thank you so much. And for those who are new, welcome. And we hope that you stick around. We hope that you like our voices enough for you to stick around. <laughs> Absolutely. And we hope we can always keep you entertained. And guys, if you want to make it to our top three next week, all you have to do is share this podcast with your friends, with your family, with any loved ones you may have, and we could be shouting you out next. We got a lot of interesting things to talk about today. So let's just dive right into it. Here we go. Going into the first main question of today, can you separate the music from the artist? That is a tough one. And... Obviously, it won't be the same across all situations, but I, I think some, yes, are easier to separate uh, from their music and others not so much, mostly because some are very autobiographical with their music, that it's just synonymous with who they are as a person, whereas others, you know, it's a little bit easier 
I usually try to do that myself, try to separate the music from the artist because I feel like the music is just its own thing. They make it for us and we should just enjoy it regardless of what they're about. So for me with this topic, this is a very, very interesting topic because I've heard it from both sides of the argument. And I would have to say for me personally, professionally, yes. Professionally, yes, I can separate the music from the artist. Personally, it's a little harder. That's you know? that's actually perfect. That's yeah. better than what I said. You took the words out of my mouth. It's a lot more difficult personally to kind of get past certain things of a person's character and listen to their music going forward, knowing those things. However, professionally, absolutely 100%. Uh, you have to to do that, I feel like, because you're doing a disservice to the people that rely on you to provide them with some type of review or reaction. You really can't be biased with these things, you know, Eric, and you need to look at it in a neutral standpoint in order to give the people 100% authentic reaction and review to the content that the artist is putting out. Because if you look at it too, uh, you know, personally and passionately, that can blur the lines and get you in trouble. Where And that, that happens a lot in journalism. That's what they teach you. They teach you about journalistic integrity. And that happens a lot more often than not where people cross those lines. And that's how things begin to get blurry. And also that's how you get grouped in, unfortunately, with people that just love to bash certain things for the sake of bashing them. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many reviews I've read where you can clearly see the the reviewer's, you know, personal feelings coming into it. And you can't really do that because that, that, that's just not what you're supposed to do in that setting. And But speaking from a fan's perspective... You know, the way I see it, you may not like the person writing the music and recording the music, but if that person is a great musician, he or she is a great musician. That's just the way I see it. There's no getting around that and there's no denying that. So if the music inspires something in you, regardless of how you feel about the person making it, then I think that's just how it should stay. You should really be able to separate the two. Yeah, and I totally agree with that as well because off the top of my head, just you saying that, I thought of several artists that, you know, personally I really can't stand um, and I really don't support who they are as people. However, their music is great and you really need to learn how to give that a chance. I think people need to learn to kind of separate the two depending on, on also too because if you want to look at it in a fan's perspective – what did that person do to cause a certain reaction within that fan? Do they not like them just because of their personality and their character? Or do they not like them because morally or maybe, you know, ethically they're doing some questionable things, you know? So that's also uh, a fine line between, okay, what kind of person are you supporting? Exactly. I feel like if you're going to be biased towards a musician for petty reasons that shouldn't be the reason why you all of a sudden just stop listening to their music if you're gonna make the drastic decision to stop listening to their music altogether let it be for a valid reason like you said for something ethical or moral but other than that i feel like you know the, the music should be separate from the creator right so that's at a fan perspective but professionally Regardless of how I personally feel about the artist, I always 
put that aside because like I said, it's not fair to just put your own personal uh, opinions and stuff out there when it has nothing to do with the music, you know, and it's really about the music, not about the person when it comes down to when you're doing an album review, it's solely about the track by track experience. And professionally, it's just extremely wrong to just because you don't like somebody and you have a personal grievance with them to take that out on their music when they can be an amazing artist and just not such a great person. So we're, we're pretty good on that. I think we, we see eye to eye with that. What about question number two we have here? How do you feel about multiple singles being released before a full album? This is a really good topic. Yes, it is a very good topic. And I feel like it's good to release multiple singles, but it should be done in moderation, if that makes sense. I feel like ideally anywhere between two to three should be the number of singles released before a full album. So this is how I feel about it. Pretty much, I need to know how long this album is to decipher how many singles I would really want to listen to. Because the issue I have with it, if you're releasing a 10 to 12 song album and you've already put five songs out, I already listen to, you know, most of your album. Half your album right there, you already put out. Also with that... An interesting thing is when you put a certain amount of singles out, be prepared to either get the reaction you want, but if you don't, that can really deter people from listening to the rest of your album. So for example, if you're putting several singles out, you know, and I'm talking more than two or three, and people so far aren't really digging what you're putting out, or the reaction hasn't been the way that you wanted it to be, Don't be surprised when the album actually does come out and people don't go back to listen to it because they already heard several singles and they're like, oh, no, they're going in this direction or that's not what I expected or I really didn't like this certain song or that certain song because that could really backfire for artists and bands as well. Absolutely. And if the album, let's say, let's say you do take a chance on the album and you buy it and you listen to all of it and it turns out to be underwhelming, that's not good for the artist either. Musicians really need to think about what singles they're putting out. And what I mean by that is make sure that the singles you're putting out do coincide with the rest of the album. And it's not just a one-off type of song. Because if you give people a one-off type of song and they really, really like it, you amp them up and then they go back to listen to the rest of the album and then it sounds nothing like that song, you're going to get some serious, serious feedback off of that. Or vice versa, where you put out a song and people really don't like the single that you put out or the singles that you put out. And then they don't bother to listen to the rest of the album because of that fact, because they're like, oh, no, they're going in this way or they're doing that. I don't really don't like that. Whereas the rest of the album could be pure gold in their eyes. It could be the way that they wanted the fans to listen to it and react to it. But it all depends. I would say for bands and musicians, my advice would be be careful what singles you put out there and what image you want to portray for the album itself because that plays a huge factor in people's reactions to it. And also it plays a huge factor in the amount of people that take the time to actually listen to the full thing. I I think that people need to understand that putting out singles, especially multiple singles, these are first impressions of the album which is crucial because in a day where everything is streamed 
you know nobody is really listening to full albums anymore and it takes a a really good artist and a really good band to put out a quality cohesive piece of work for people to even take that into consideration to listen to the album in full so if you're one of those bands that put your blood sweat and tears into every song to create this album please make sure and and really be aware of the fact that the singles that you do put out are crucial because those are really going to make the first impression and draw the people in or turn them away absolutely and i i can tell you from as a fan you know this has happened to me and i'm sure it's happened to you too where you've had that first impression and then sometimes the rest of the album ends up being exactly what you thought it would be or not what you thought it would be and you know, when that happens, it can either be good or it can be bad. So I, I totally understand what you mean by that, that it has to be consistent. And another tricky thing, too, a lot of people don't know this, but depending on the record label and the people that you're working with, the the management team and everything, a lot of the time artists don't even get to pick which singles get to put out, be put out or they might like a certain song more than another and they'll be like, no, actually, we want you to put this one out. This is the, the banger. This is the good track. So sometimes artists can have their hands tied depending on if they're really signed onto a major label that thinks that they have a better idea of what the people would want. So going back to the main question, how do you feel about multiple singles being released before an album? For me personally, two to three singles max. I think that's the sweet spot. Anything over three is pretty excessive, especially because albums are getting shorter now than they were before because of the whole streaming thing that nobody's really listening, sitting down to take the time to listen to a full album unless you already have that devoted fan base or unless, like I said, you have these singles that came out that are bangers that really intrigued people to come back for more. So I would say two to three singles that's the sweet spot. Anything past that, you're totally gambling. You know, you're playing with fire whether people are going to be pulled in or or not by releasing half your album already. And, you know, getting that reaction is going to be up in the air. It, and it, I, I get it all comes down to the quality of the music and the musical direction. At the same time, though, you need to save something for people to want to look forward to in the end. Yeah, I totally agree. I totally agree that that's the sweet spot of the amount of singles. And I also agree that sometimes the best surprises should be kept a secret. Yeah, because Eric, how many times have you listened to like one of your favorite band's albums, right? Let's just say it's a really short album. It's like 10 songs or whatever. And you listen to all the singles that are coming out and you're getting really hyped up for it. And you finally, the album's released and you sit down and you listen to it and you're like, wow, I already listened to half of this album. So I only have like five or four four to five songs to really look forward to that I, I haven't heard yet. But the rest of them I've already played multiple times on repeat. And it kind of spoils it for you because the whole thing with album releases back in the day used to be built around the hype of listening to the full album. And I get that times are changing, therefore like the format has to change. But I don't think people should be giving away all their goods all at once either. I think that it should come out in moderation, like you said, and I don't think that people should be necessarily giving away half their album before the album even comes out, you know? Yeah, it's like it's like in in the age of spoilers, so to speak, you know, I, I'd like to think that music is uh, the one thing that can still remain a secret from the rest of the public, but uh, that's just my personal opinion. Piggybacking off of that question, we have question number three. 
which is what do you think should be the waiting period between an artist's album releases? Um, what do you think of artists who release a new album year after year? So let's start with the the first question of this because this is a two-parter. What do you think should be the waiting period between an artist's album releases? At most, I'd say two to three years. You know, because I, I feel like it's important to let an album breathe and to let it run its course and cause an impact and kind of inspire the craving for more music especially if it's a very solid album so what do you think if they go over that period where it takes longer than two to three years and you have the people here waiting how do you feel about that is it in the end is it better because if they come out with a quality album it was worth the wait or do you think it's too high of a risk for for fans to be waiting that long because the disappointment would be even greater if they had to wait longer you know, I think it's very dependent on where they left off with the previous album. I feel like if their previous album was a very good one and you're forced to wait longer than three years for a follow-up, I'll give it to you. The, the demand for it is going to be strong. But by the same token, if their last album was a good one, they release an album five years later, maybe longer than that, and it flops, that's a problem. However, if the last album was just a bad one, Maybe the demand might not be as high, but if they do release a surprise album five plus years later and it turns out to be phenomenal, then that's that's a redeeming moment for a band. And then you also have to look at it in the aspect of new musicians, like the up and coming musicians, because we're talking about we're really referring to bands and musicians that have a devoted fan base when we're talking about this. However, if you are up and coming the time that you release your music is even more crucial because you're still trying to rope people in and get people interested. And maybe you did when you dropped your debut album, but to hold those people's interest, because we live in a world where attention spans, you know, are very limited and you have, you might be in a hot streak right now with all your music, but that could die out very quickly because there's always somebody coming up. There's always something else in the works. And so that's also something to take in consideration too. And that's, that would be where the second part of this question comes in. I think that for artists who are new, it's definitely a good strategy to release an album year after year, not just because maybe the demand for their music is high, but because they might be hungry to really get more fans to get more attention to to build on their body of work so i can definitely think of a couple of examples of of artists who have released new music year after year after year and it's done wonders for their career so my opinion is people that are already established that have been in the music industry for years i would say two to three as well i agree with you on that two to three years in between i feel like that's the sweet spot because they already have the devoted fan base so they don't have to worry about whether or not people are going to come back or not and regardless of their last album was a flop you still like once you're a fan you will have that disappointment but don't tell me that you're not going to listen to any future new music just because that one album is a flop i don't care what people say they might be angry or upset in the moment but you always end up going back to it even even just out of curiosity even if you listen to the old stuff for the rest of your life but you just want to they release new music and you just want to scope it out and check it out 
a lot of people do that anyway, especially devoted fans. So with that, I would say two to three years in between albums, give enough time for the album to release, for people to soak it in, to tour on it, and really have that era dedicated to that album. And then close that on out and then focus on going back to the studio, writing, recording, taking time with that, and then leaving people with the previous album to hold them over until uh, until the years to come. So I, I agree with you on that, definitely. However, second part of this question, artists who release new albums year after year, it, I think it depends on the artist. I would say for new and up-and-coming artists, release as much music as possible i can't stress that enough because you are still trying to get people roped in and you are still trying to bring people in and get them coming back and wanting more and you can reach out to so many different people by experimenting and really figuring yourself out as an artist and i think that releasing the most music you possibly can is the best case scenario because even if you do have bumps you know road bumps along the way and you do have flops they're not going to be as great as an artist that's already established you know if you take an Adele and she has a really crappy album which by the way it's unheard of all right people that's unheard of (laughs) but that's why I need to make the drastic example that's really going to make an impact that's going to hit hard whereas you have Billy from Manhattan dropping his mixtape and not a lot of people listen to it or that's not their thing, you can always go back to the drawing board and you can always recreate or figure out, okay, what's compelling, what's not, what can I mix up, how can I get more people to listen, why did they listen to this song, what was it about this specific song that people like versus the other song. You have a lot more time and room to play around with things. So I would say experiment as much as you can, really try to find your sound and find yourself as an artist, Put as much music as you can because if you have a flop or if you have nobody listening to it, it's not going to impact you in the same way as a bigger artist. So you have a lot more room for growth and a lot more time to figure out what you want to do. And the more music you put out there, the more people you are gaining along the way, especially through social media and the internet and doing mini tours, you know, old school hopping in uh, a van and just going state to state, you'd be surprised the the amount of people you can really uh, get and the audience you can create by doing stuff like that. So yes, my advice for new and up and coming artists, please produce as much music as possible because that way you can reach out to more people and you'll have more of a range of places you can play and people you can see and it's just going to be so much more beneficial for you you know what I mean so I think it's very crucial that the more music they put out the better and the more exposure they can gain from that and they can reach such a wider audience by doing that yeah I I feel like at the at those crucial stages of a of a beginner's career you've got nothing to lose so have at it, you know, um, see what's out there, experiment, see what works, see what doesn't. It's, it's only for your benefit to release a lot of music in your early career. So going back to an artist that is already, I would say, more established, going back to that side of the spectrum, on a sophomore album, do you think an artist should expand upon their original sound or do you think that they should change it completely? So the debut album came out, let's say it was a really great success, they have the fan base, they have become more established, and they're ready to come out with their sophomore album, 
and they're in the studio, do they switch it up or do they go with what they know? So I feel like they should definitely go with what they know without repeating the same thing. I feel like when you expand upon your sound, yes, you definitely retain it a bit, but you throw other things in there just to keep it interesting. In my opinion, they a lot of artists should do that just to keep their audience's attention and to just really make sure that they're still on board, that they're still along for the ride. But of course, there should be some variations in there as well. So in my personal opinion, I don't think and I don't believe that an artist should do anything that's disingenuous. That is what I really advise people and say to people when I get asked this question about people changing up their style, staying true to what they know, etc. Because I think it all comes down to that. It all comes down to the intention behind the music. And if you're doing something that's just disingenuous to cater to a group of people, but it's not who you are as a person anymore, people can see right through that. So I don't believe that just because something has worked in the past, they have to keep on rehashing the same themes, especially if that's not who you are or what you believe in anymore, because we're constantly growing and evolving and changing as people. It wouldn't be right for people just to carry on and create music that they don't even believe in themselves. That's what I have an issue with. So in that right, I get the musical style can be different, but if they still have those lyrics of of connection, that if they still have lyrics that people can connect with, to me, that's all that really matters. And I know for a lot of people, they would say different. They would be like, oh, but they're not punk anymore, or this is not this anymore, or whatever. Uh, but when it comes down to it, it's really about the connection that they make within the music. That's what gets me. Yeah, and that's why I say expand upon your sound. When I say expand upon your sound, I don't mean, like, repeat the literal same thing. I mean, yeah, you know, keep what works for you or what you think works, but mix it up as well. Now, if you really do want to switch your sound around completely, you know, of course you can do that as well. You know, I'm only speaking on my opinion, obviously. An artist knows what he or she feels what's gonna make them comfortable because after all the music is not just for the fans but it's for themselves as well and I feel like you can see right through it you know what I mean by that I mean where you can see where the artist is just making something that they know is going to be geared towards mainstream success and I think that's why people quote-unquote call people sellouts and stuff like that because that's when people really start getting more money hungry and obsessed with the fame and the celebrity of it and it becomes less and less about the music so that's the issue that I have with it I have no issue with people changing their sound trying new things new lyrical themes it's actually funny that you mentioned that as well because there are some bands that have been literally caught between their hardcore fan base and a new fan base. The best example of this, and I'm, I'm sure I've brought this up before on previous episodes, is Metallica. The drummer for the band, Lars Ulrich, said that even though everyone criticized their 1991 self-titled album, this wasn't their sophomore album anymore. It was their fifth album. The point is, he says that everyone who loved them from their early days, criticized that album, panned it, because they completely changed their style. They were no longer that brutal metal band. Now they slowed things down a little, and they were more of a regular heavy metal band. But according to him, 
He said that had they continued with their earlier style and kept on going like that, that would have been a real sellout to him because... Because that's not how they were feeling at that time. And that's exactly. not that's not what they were trying to put across. And that would be disingenuous to the fans because that's not the type of mental state that they were in. And that's not the creative direction they wanted to go to at that time. So that would just be putting another album out for the sake of putting another album out. And it wouldn't have lived up to the full potential because you really it's really hard to recreate something that has that magic once it once it's initially released and for fans to want people to recreate the same album over and over and over again you can understand and have empathy towards the musicians of why they don't want to do that of course and you know he was very since he is the brains behind the band he knew that for the new decade they were gonna have to do something different if they wanted to keep up their success Maybe that change was going to alienate people, but maybe it could be good for them as well. You know what it is when it comes down to it is you cannot please everybody. Music for for everybody is completely different. People have their own taste of what they like, what they don't like. What your cup of tea, I might not even give a second listen to. And it goes both ways. What's something I could be extremely passionate about it and you can be like, yeah, it's all right, but it's really not my thing. So... It really comes down to you can't please everybody. So what you have to do is just go with your gut instincts, go with your heart, go with how you feel at the time and what you believe would be the best creative process to go through an album. Because if you don't even do it for you anymore, you get lost in this music industry and you just become like a robot and a puppet to everybody else and you lose your own identity in the process. Absolutely. I totally agree with that. I admit that, yes, the fans are important and their opinions matter and, you know, everything matters when it comes to them. However, because you're the one who's creating the music, you're the one who's writing it, recording it, what you think matters just as much. Because you got to remember, you know, you had no fans when you started out. You just wanted to be heard and you made music that appealed to you. So when you put it out there, you were hoping that someone else would connect with that. And then you got a fan base. So obviously anyone who gets a fan base is thankful for that. But by the same, ta- by the same token, you're like, well, if, you're, if you feel that strongly about my music, I hope that you can support what I keep on doing. Because, you know, otherwise then what are you doing it for, you know? And also I understand the fan base, you know, going back and flipping towards the other side of the coin. Totally understand fan bases as well because nothing infuriates me more when somebody tells me you're not a real fan because you don't like everything this person has put out. I I hate that so much. I cannot stand that because that is not the definition of what a fan is. A fan just because you're devoted and have a liking towards a musician or a band does not mean that you have to like every single thing that they put out. That message really got lost along the way. It it really did. And, you know, I, I can't tell you how many encounters I've had um, with fans from different bands who constantly say the same thing. You know, they're like, oh, well, that band died for me back in the year 2000. Or, you know, they died when they did this or they did that. It's just so immature of them, in my opinion. I think people need to be more open-minded with the fact that bands change, sounds change, and at the same time, you don't have to like it, and you don't have to go back to it. 
just be open to listening to it initially and try to give it a couple run-throughs. And if you really can't connect with it or don't like it, then you always have their old stuff to fall back on. It, there's no problem here. There's nobody telling you that you can only listen to the new stuff or you can only listen to the old stuff. Because then also, too, a lot of new fans get alienated because they end up liking the new stuff and they're not as familiar with the old stuff. So I just think that people need to relax. You can like what you like. And you don't have to like everything in order to be a fan. And I think that's a really important message to get across. Because somewhere along the way, somebody was very misguided and thought that if you don't like everything an artist puts out, you're not a real fan. And that is not the case. You can like with you, what you like as long as you're open-minded and you give the new stuff a try. Regardless of you end up liking it or not or going back to it or not, that's fine but at least be open to listening to it. Don't go around saying this is garbage, that is garbage, or whatever. Maybe it's just not your taste, which is fine, but it's out, listen, somebody out there is going to like it. Like I said, tastes are all different. Something that you might be so obsessed over, I could, couldn't really vibe with it. And then something that I'm really passionate about, you might be like, yeah, it's okay, but it's really just not my thing. So it goes both ways. Yes, and let me backtrack on something I said before. It's not immature to, you know, not like something and to think that something died for you. What's immature is to go around attacking everyone else who likes something that you don't, you know, calling them fake fans or things like that. You know, if if you are completely happy listening to a band's older sound and absolutely hate everything that they did after a certain point, that's perfectly fine because that's your personal opinion. But everybody has a right to their own opinion, people. Exactly. You know, um, we don't all have to agree. Yes. Just live and let everyone else enjoy their music the way they want to, you know, and if it makes you feel any better, there's someone else that feels the same way about you do. The best way to sum it up with music, there is no right or wrong. Absolutely. There, there never is and there never really should be. I love that. I love that. Okay. Moving forward, we have question number five. What are your thoughts on ageism within the music industry? This is a really crucial topic. I really can't wait to talk about this because I feel like this gets overlooked a lot, this question, but it's very real. It's a real thing, people. So go ahead. I think the concept of ageism is just so antiquated in our music industry. I don't think it should exist. You know, I feel like there's this misconception that, you know, being young is equated with making good music or that you're in your prime only when you're young. And I think that's total BS. It is total BS because some of the greats didn't start until way later on in life. And if you have talent, you have talent no matter what. It doesn't matter what age you are. You can be eight years old or you can be 50 or 60 years old. And if you are talented and you have that within you, it does not matter how old you are. And I really can't stress that enough because I think that people don't talk about this enough, that there really is ageism within the music industry and it is a very real thing. And I really don't believe in it at all. Neither do I. And it's a very real thing. And when people bring it up, you know, not to cut too deep, but I feel like it should be addressed. There seems to be a double standard when it comes to men and women with ageism. I feel like when a male artist who is older comes out, not a, not a lot of people bat an eye at it. 
But when a female artist who's older makes yeah, her th- debut, then it's like, all right, settle down, grandma. <laughs> exactly. Or if if it's a more established artist and she's still doing her thing, everyone's just like, really, this? You're you're still doing this at this age? Like, come on. Somebody that totally came into my mind when you said that, Joan Jett. Joan freaking Jett, the legend, you know? And there's so many people that I could sit here and list and go on and rant about, rant and rave about, but she's one of the people that came to my mind instantaneously as you said that because she broke all types of boundaries, including age and sex and sexuality and all these different uh, aspects throughout music. So shout out to Joan Jett, the legend. Hell yeah, absolutely. And even even with that, I'd like to point out the double standard in genres as well. People could totally respect Joan Jett and be like, yeah, you go, you know. But then they look at someone like Madonna and everyone's just like, really? Why is she still here? It's like, why the double standard? Like, like we've always said again and again, music is music. It shouldn't have any restrictions. Music, music is music. And if it's good, it's good. Despite whoever releases it, whether you like them or not, whether you personally like them or you are part of their fan base or you're not or you've never listened to them before, if you like a song, even if it's just one song out of their whole entire catalog, you have every right to to enjoy that song for what it is. And you shouldn't look at it as, oh, it's a Madonna song or, oh, it's a Joan Jett song or, oh, it's a Justin Bieber song or whoever. Just look at it for what it is. Look at it as music. And if music's good, it's good. Exactly. Like, stop, stop trying to act like some people age and some people don't. Like, it's just stop. And for those people who, because I've heard this before, for people who say, oh, the old generation should just leave and leave the spotlight to the young, you wouldn't be here without them. So, you know, stop stop disrespecting the pioneers who came before you because without them, you'd have no career. Exactly. Give the proper respect to those who came before you and really broke the barriers down for you to create the music that you create because it all stems from somewhere. And even people who think that they're breaking down boundaries now, there was so much back in the day that people had to go through to even release music or to even get noticed. And it's just funny to me that people think that they don't have to pay their dues or give any respect to those before them. I think that's pretty comical considering the fact that there have been so many people to break down several barriers for people to even create music in the first place. If you uh, want to get real deep. Hell yeah. <laughs> and s- since you brought that up about getting real deep, not to get dark too, but some people literally risk their lives to get their music released and to be performers. Put it in perspective, people. Just really put things in perspective before you want to open your mouth. Well said. <laughs> That's the best thing you've said. Oh man, that, that was great. <laughs> Thanks, Eric. And getting into our final question of today, piggybacking off of the ageism thing, do you think an artist's music should age with them? Why or why not? I think it should because, you know, the the fact of life is that people grow, people change. And obviously, Absolutely. obviously like, like, I'll give you an example. Andre 3000, you know, he is no longer interested in reuniting with Outkast because, in his words, he can't relate to it anymore. It's not the same thing that it used to be for him. Why? Because he's grown up. He's matured. And also, people, when you try to force it, it's not the same. So no matter how... Of course not. No matter how badly you want 
people to reunite, get together, try to recreate the magic that they created several years ago, if it's not there, and like I said, going back to it, if it's not there and it's not genuine, it's not going to be the same regardless. They could be the same people. Absolutely. And again, with the whole double standard concept, even there's even a double standard with this as well, because I feel like some bands want bands to remain eternally young, so to speak, but you can't do that. Like, look at... Look at Blink-182. I saw someone on the internet criticize Blink-182 for sticking to the same subjects about boy meets girl, blah, blah, blah. But then someone else pointed out, well, if you really want to look at it, uh, Mark talks about his kids on one of the songs on California. So what are you talking about? You know, their, their music is aging along with them. You just have to pay attention. And I think it's kind of ridiculous for artists to, especially when they're grown men and women referencing things that do not relate to them anymore and I think it's ridiculous and it just comes off silly when you hear a person it's different when a person is singing a song that they wrote during that time and then you're singing it because it's become a classic song and you know that that people want to hear it versus actually sitting down and writing a song about meeting somebody in high school and they're your crush in the back of the class <laughs> that does not relate to you whatsoever. Exactly. Anymore. And that's why it's important for your music to grow with you because you don't want... <laughs> right? This even, is, this is we've a, been thinking about it though, yeah, right? Even it, thinking it reminds about me, it. It reminds me of a, of a common stand-up joke by various stand-up comedians. You don't want to be the old guy in the club pretending to be young. <laughs> That's, that's just, it's ridiculous, you know? Yeah, so that's basically where I'm at with that question. I think that people should grow and their music should grow with them. And I think that if they release good music, they release good music. If they're talented, they're talented. I think that the lyrical themes don't always have to stay the same because it not only does it not become relevant in some circumstances, but it just doesn't feel right for you to be talking about some subjects that are way, way past uh, where you're at in life right now and if you're at a completely different stage in life it makes no sense for you to to you know regress backwards and try to just to appeal to a fan base whereas if you're playing a song that you wrote during that time because it's a classic song totally different perspective on that because that's something that you wrote during the time period and it made sense when you wrote it then that's why, for example, when in, in Paramore, when Haley sings Misery Business, which is hands down their most famous song, she always uh, throws that disclaimer out there that, you know, I'm not the same 16-year-old kid or however old she was. She was a young teenager at the time uh, singing the, those a angry lyrics. They don't relate to her anymore, and she doesn't connect with them anymore. But she knows that that's one of their most famous songs, if not the most famous song that they have. And how could you not play that at a show, you know? And that goes back to the what, what we've been talking about, artists having their music grow with them. That goes back to the concept of being ingenuous, where if you try to relive something or you try to just write about a situation that you know no longer applies to you. You're pandering to a certain fan base, and then that's not reality, and that's not... People can, like I said, people are going to see right through that, that you're trying to pander to a certain age and group of people. Yeah, and even the even the target audience you're trying to appeal to will see right through that as well, and they're going to be like, uh, I mean, it's cool, but we're not exactly desperate to hear from you in this way. Exactly. This is kind of weird. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you guys. Well, 
those are our questions of the day. Your burning questions about the music industry, some hot topics, some controversial ones. We hope that you guys have stuck with us throughout this episode, whether you agree with us or not. We would love to get your feedback. What do you think about these questions? We would love to hear from you guys, on, especially on this episode, because we just went through a lot. There's definitely a lot to go through, a lot to talk about, a lot to discuss. And please, if you have any questions that you would like answered, we can answer them on the podcast for you. So please submit your questions for our future episode. And you can do that by going to our social media We are on Twitter, Tumblr, Instagram, and Facebook at Music Matters Media. And stay tuned for our next episode.